Welcome back to the Bhagavad Gita in a Year podcast. I'm here with Balaram and Chaitanya Charan. And we are on chapter two, text 54 today. So yes. with that... Let's begin. So here we are discussing Arjuna asking a question after hearing what he has spoken till now. Or what he has heard being spoken. Arjuna vacha sitapragyasya ka bhasha samadhistasya keshava sitadhi kim prabhasheta kimasita vrajeta kim. Arjuna said, O Krishna, what are the symptoms of one whose consciousness is thus merged in transcendence? How does he speak and what is his language? How does he sit and how does he walk? So, if you quickly do an overview of what is happening, this this chapter has 72 texts. And among those 72 texts, we are almost three-fourths there. Mm. The 54th text right now, 53rd, is a question which we are going to discuss. And 54 to 72 will be the answer to that question. So what exactly is the question over here? The question is related with what Krishna has spoken in the previous verses. Sorry. Yeah, I just got the numbers a little wrong here. But the question is not 53. The, the question is 54. The answer will start from 55. So we have the answer going forward from 55. And here, the question was raised based on what Krishna spoke in the previous verses. He said that those people who have attained samadhi, they are unaffected. They go beyond material desires, material promises that... Even if those promises come in the Vedas, in pious books about how you can be virtuous and then attain great wealth. And they go beyond ultimately material distress also. So all this we've been talking about. But Arjuna is thinking, okay, such a person who is so high up in their situation of consciousness, would such a person actually go about fighting or not? That's his underlying question. But he phrases it in, what are their symptoms? So, generally, whenever people ask a question, there is a spoken question and there is an unspoken question within the spoken question. Sometimes the unspoken question might be very obvious what a person is asking. Sometimes the unspoken question might even be not really clearly known to the question asker itself, the questioner, because their thoughts may not be very well formulated. Mm. But in general, when the questions come, it's good to have them addressed at both the spoken level and the unspoken level. Mm. And now, and Krishna was talking about, basically, the person who is karma yogi, 
Now, karma yogi, the person who is successful as a karma yogi. That means that person has actually uh, attained the state of spiritual perfection through karma yoga. So, what are the characteristics of a person? That is the question in 254. And the Gita is, is a poem, it's a song. And it's a uh, because it's a song, it often has both literal elements, literal means they mean as it is, as well as you could say literary elements. And some of the literary elements could be non-literal. It could be metaphorical usage. And we see that in this question. The question has basically four parts to it. He's asking, what is ka bhasha? What is the language? What is this? How is their speech? How do they sit? How do they walk? Now, at, at first glance, these questions can seem strange, even, even absurd. You know, is it that those spiritually evolved people have a particular way they sit? And do all spiritually evolved people sit in a particular way? That they have a particular posture? And only when they're sitting in that posture, they are realized. And if they are not realized, then they're not. If they don't sit in that way, they're no longer realized. And do they all walk in a particular way? What is this? Is this a... Is uh, our spiritual leaders supposed to be like fashion ramp models? They have a particular gate in which they walk. So what is going on over here? And is it that they, when we use the long language, is it that they all have some secret language that no one knows? And, lang and if you see somebody speaking that language, oh, you're a spiritually realized person. No. So these things don't make sense if we take them literally. And in fact, Krishna does not take it literally. Krishna himself understands what Arjuna is asking. So, what did you say uh, the unspoken you, question? What did you say unspoken, the unspoken question was? The spoken question is, what are the characteristics? Unspoken question is, will such a person fight? Will such a person fight? Okay, so that's like the meaning behind, that's what like Arjuna's meaning behind when he asks these questions. Yeah. Characteristics of perfected yogi. Hmm. So, why would Arjuna suddenly want to know about such a perfected yogi? Uh, is it that he suddenly wants to leave, leave his battlefield and go and find such a yogi and surrender to that yogi? He, the whole Gita is being spoken on the battlefield and the battlefield context is always helpful to consider what is going on. So the question foremost on Arjuna's mind is, should I be fighting or not fighting? So, so when he's asking the characters of such a person, he's saying, okay, would such a person fight? What would the person be thinking if they are fight, deciding to fight also or not? Mm. That's the unspoken question. Okay. Okay. Now, so the literal doesn't make much sense. So the non-literal is what we need to understand. And it's not too difficult to understand. So sitting refers to how does this person restrain their senses. 
वॉकिंग रेफर्स टू हाउ डर्सन एंगेज देयर सेंसेस बोथ ऑफ दीज वी नीड टू डू एनी फंक्शन इन द वर्ल्ड सो इन वन सेंस सिटिंग वी आर नॉट यूजिंग आर सेंसेस सो मच वी आर बींग इन एक्टिव सो दैट्स द इट्स द literary or the non literal meaning over here this is the literal i was talking about these two kinds of meanings so these words they can have both literal and non literal meanings so we have the literal meaning is how how they sit and how they walk and the non literal which is in this case the primary meaning the most most relevant meaning over here is now so our speech often reflects our consciousness mm -hmm. so especially what it means is how do they respond respond verbally but how do they respond verb to life's ups and downs and language the the sanskrit word bhasha is used to bhashyate its language is used to describe so what is their key describer do they have one key characteristic that is what is being asked over here and krishna will accordingly answer arjuna's question this answer extends from so 54 is the question and then from 55 the answer goes forward till Approximately seventy-two, so fifty-five is the answer to their key characteristic. So I could put it this way: that among these questions, this is the first question A, B, C, and D. So the question, the key characteristic is answered in fifty-five. Then fifty-six and fifty-seven, the answer is about their. their speech how do they respond to life's ups and downs then 58 to 63 is the answer to how do they sit that means how do they restrain their senses and then 64 64 to 71 is the answer to how they engage their senses and then 72 is the conclusion this is how this whole section will move forward so there's a one question which is a four part question and that will be addressed in the subsequent verses okay any reflections comments questions so just to go over this once again there is a stated question by arjuna in the 54th verse and then i have gone in two distinct directions over here one is 
the unstated intent of the question hmm? that why would somebody ask a question like this at this particular point okay what are the characters of such a person so if say a coach is talking about if somebody is giving a guideline about mental health or something like that and it says okay a mentally fit person what would such a person look like if somebody is very depressed or, and they just thinking of a job change and they thinking okay if you want me to become mentally healthy would you want me to continue the same job do you want me to change the job what do you want so unstated intent is basically should the fight should i be fighting or not would such a person be fighting or not so that's the one way of analyzing the question but then the stated question the unstated question is there that itself its essential meaning is non literal so we could put another way what he said that's one part it that's a part of the question then why he said that's another part of it and then what he meant that's a third part of it so so what he meant is what i have been explaining in terms of literal non literal so there are three parts we had done so what he said at what level how do they sit how do they walk so that is arjuna is asking would such a person fight that's his actual question in that sense but when he saying how do he how do they sit how do they fight what does it all mean do they have a particular way of sitting and walking so for that we have to go to the non literal meaning is that clear or now yes thank you so let's look at me probably we look at this one of the answer versus an answer and then we'll stop shri bhagavan vacha prajahati yada kaman sarvan parthamano gatan atmanye vatmana tushtah ita pragyastad uchchate you want to read balram yes uh, translation the supreme personality of god had said o partha when a man gives up all varieties of desire for sense gratification which arise from mental concoction and when his mind thus purified finds satisfaction in the self alone then he is said to be in pure transcendental consciousness good so krishna is giving the key characters to such a person in the first verse that is addressing the answer the spiritualist the seer two characteristics are first is that person that no seeking of material pleasure there's no seeking material pleasure and there is not only seeking but you could also say savoring or relishing spiritual pleasure now you could use other word for broadly here material external pleasure and spiritual is internal pleasure so prajahati yada kaman 
sarvan parthamanogatam it's interesting if you look at the elaboration of these points so no material pleasure uh, that could be in two ways one is no sense objects or rather a person says no to sense objects if somebody offers such a person delicious food to eat and he said no okay i don't want to eat it there are so many sense objects in the world and one may say no to that and that is that is important as a part of spiritual growth but here it is something more it is no to sensual desires itself prajahati yada kaman sarvan parth manogatan so the word kaman refers to desire, desires in the bhagavad gita language the objects would refer to vishayan vishay is objects so he is saying they say no to sensual desires itself so this would be external and this would be internal means it's not that the person sees some object okay somebody offers them no but internally they don't indulge in the desire to enjoy those objects so internally the idea that oh this will make me happy that will make me happy that will make me happy that will make me happy they have given up that idea itself and that's what is their special characteristic over here so prajahati yada kaman and after that the next part is atmanya evatmana tushta so we could say in the inner world there the soul and then there is the mind so and then there is the body and there is the external world and there here we could say is the so what is being said over here is that from the outer world there are various temptations that may come in Tempta temptations are coming in and some may rise from the mind itself but for all of them there is a firm wall no that's one part of it and the other part is that the consciousness that comes from the soul it turns inward and the mind instead of looking outward for pleasure turns inward and looks inward so the mind can be like a window to the outer world okay i think i should put it the other way just to keep it simpler the mind can be a window to the outer world so the outer world is out there and we can look at the outer world through the window oh, that's enjoyable that's terrible or the mind can be a mirror to the inner world and that means the when the mind turns inward the consciousness comes to the mind and goes back inward to the soul and one finds here itself spiritual happiness or inner happiness so this is what is being talked about 
as the defining characteristic. So without getting into all these technicalities, basically, the spiritually evolved person is not craving for material pleasure or external pleasures and is delighting in internal or spiritual pleasures. Any reflections, questions? So now Krishna is like kind of teaching Arjuna indirectly um, like how he wants him to be because Arjuna asked, right? Yeah. So at one level, all these verses, you know, in general, this, this dynamic could apply to all the verses of the Gita. The Gita's verses they can be both descriptive of seers. This is how the greatly evolved seers are. But they can also be prescriptive for seekers. So for example, let's say if you're doing yoga, and they may say that a yogi sits erect. Okay, that means if I'm practicing yoga, I should also try to learn to sit erect. I should align my posture. So what is descriptive could also be prescriptive. If there's a tennis, if there's a tennis player or a cricket player, you know, they hold their racket or the bat like this, not like this. Oh, that means I should also hold it like that. So at one level, Krishna is answering Arjuna's question about how the seers are, how the spiritually evolved people are. People situated in transcendence are. But at another level, contained within that is also an instruction for Arjuna. So that's how it's both a descriptive and prescriptive. So the prescription is to say no to material desires or sensual desires, not just sense objects. And the description is that that is, leads to spiritual pleasure. No, these are two different categories of target audiences. So the same principle applies. The, the descriptive people, they naturally know to material pleasure and yes to spiritual pleasure. For prescriptive means it is conscientiously or effortfully the same thing has to be done. For, for us, we may feel attracted to these objects, but we say no. Those desires may pop up, we say no. And yes to spiritual pleasure. Okay. So let me summarize. What we discussed, we discussed mainly 2.54 and 5. So we did a Arjuna's question was so with respect to 54, only we are discussing and 50, 54, there are two parts in Arjuna's question. So with respect to the question we discussed from the con the the wording, the stated and the unstated. So the unstated question was could be understood from the context. And then the second part was again about the question that literal, it doesn't make any sense. So we look at non-literal. He's asking 
an unstated question is about related with fighting. The non-literal question is about their living. How do they live, basically? Uh, what are their defining characteristics? How do they respond to life's ups and downs? Mm -hmm. And how do they strain their senses? How do they engage their senses? We also discussed the from 54 to 72, how the structure section is constructed, structure, and in the answer, in 55th verse, all this was 54th, 55th verse, discuss the two characteristics. You can say that there is no to material desires. Basically, that person's consciousness is not caught outwards. And then there is yes to spiritual happiness or inner happiness. So thank you very much. Hare Krishna. Thank you.